In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So I have this chasuble on that has the children of the world on it. So it's a beautiful chasuble. I was with some of our children uh, this morning before, and they were picking out which one they were as we celebrated. So we do celebrate our children as we come together this day and remember them. Kind of a cute story yesterday. I had a wedding, wedding reception. I was over at building, I think, 177 across from the lot. And I was just sitting there, and this four-year-old came up to me, this four-year-old boy, and he just starts looking at me, just staring at me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, hi. He goes, hi. And then he got the courage just in a couple seconds later to say, I just wanted to tell you, you did a great job today. <laughs> Our children bring us so much joy in life. And so parents, thank you for bringing your children here and as we celebrate the Academy today. So what I want you to take from our homily time is this question. Are you the landlord or the tenant of your existence? Are you the landlord or the tenant? That's a question that C.S. Lewis is asking us today that he asked during his lifetime here on earth. Are you the landlord or tenant of your existence? Today, all of our readings are about the law, the law of God, and that can be kind of a sticky subject. We love the law and we hate the law. We can be very ambiguous with the law. And so how we love the laws, we can see it. There's lawyers planted on the ground thick in our world. And once you have the yellow pages, you know, you look up attorneys, that's about the biggest section in the book when we had that. So we have that. It's a litigious society. I'm going to sue you if you cross me. But then also we have a lawlessness to say, well, anything goes. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to tell God how it is on Sundays instead of maybe coming before God on Sundays. The thing about the law is like if I had a helicopter and I was fl flying you in the helicopter and we came over a St. Charles parking lot and I dropped you 50 feet out of that helicopter, the parking lot, who wins there, right? And we say, well, that's the law of gravity. Well, we don't break the law of gravity. The law of gravity breaks us because it is, and primarily and most importantly, that's our relationship with God. We're gonna to have to get with God. He doesn't have to get with us because God's always been and he's inviting us into his life and that's the law, but that's good news because we have a good God who's full of love and life for us. So, but it can be ambiguous. We can love the law, we can hate the law. The, the, the culture says with the law is, well, just, yeah, do whatever you want. It's all okay, it's all good, just follow your whims, follow your, what you wanna do. Now, growing up, I grew up in Sublimity, Oregon, there were four households, basically, on the end of West Main Street, and if you formed a rectangle, there'd be 400 yards between the two households on either end, and then the, the smaller would be 100 yards between the two households. So we had the Amsberries, the Kinses, the Stuckerts, and the Lulays, 34 kids. Big family Catholic tradition, 34 kids. You know what we used to do? Just get in the middle and beat each other up and tackle each other and, and play sports and it was awesome. It was a great way to grow up. Stuckers had a big field, not as big as a full-size football field, but big enough that we could play football on that. Now, can you imagine that? All the, the neighbor kids playing football, it was wonderful. But can you imagine if there were no rules in football? Like, oh, I scored a touchdown. No, that's not the end zone, the end zone's over here. Or, no, we get to have 15 people on our team and you can have three. Good luck. It's not going to work. We need laws to bring us in 
so we can play and enjoy the game of football. The reason for laws are to have fun. Catholics, have fun. Enjoy. That's what we're created for. I know it might be lost on us sometimes, and I think it's lost on tons of people, but we're created for fun. We're created for joy. We're created for fulfillment. We're created for flourishing, and that's the law. And we are coming here together today to pray for the law to be planted in our hearts that the law will dictate and rule because love always wins, as we've learned in the past. The law is love always wins. Just like gravity will always win, but we aren't giving our lives to gravity. We're giving our lives to our God. So that's what we want to do as we, we come and we look at the law today. And when we reverence something, we surround it with a lot of laws. And why is that? We want to protect it. We want to integral. We want to hold it up. So marriage in the Catholic Church. Why do we have so many laws around it? Because it's sacred. We want to honor it. It's the heart. <laughs> so much of our existence as, as a culture and society in that. So think about it. Think about priorities. Think about the laws for an NFL football game. Think about how much the referees have to train, how much rules they have to know, and it gets more and more. It's kind of like that multiplicity of rules that we read about in the gospel today. All these rules, and wait, where do all these come from? But that's so important. It's so important to get it right. And it's so important to get a pigskin across the end zone line, right? Because that's really going to help you when you get a terminal diagnosis. That's really going to help you when you need to forgive somebody that you can't forgive. So we got the pigskin. But the most beautiful, important thing is our moral life, that we're living in harmony with the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is Christ himself and Christ in his word and Christ in his sacrament, that we can live in harmony with that. Because the more we come in to the Lord, the uncreated God who has created us all, the more beautiful it becomes, the more important it becomes to us. So at this point, I looked up the word keep. What does keep mean? So there's many meanings of that word, but it means being faithful. It means conforming to. It means living in according with. That's what keep means. Being faithful to, being living in according with. And that's so much part of our faith is to do that. And it's an ongoing thing. It's not like you come here this Sunday and then tomorrow I can disregard what I have eaten today in the Eucharist, what I've received in the Eucharist. It's ongoing. It continues to reveal itself to us and be good for us. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 17, there was this whole teaching from God through the prophet Jeremiah, and he said, do not carry burdens on the Sabbath. Anybody carrying a burden today? Yes. Rest. Because if, as you rest and keep holy the Sabbath, then the Messiah, the King, will come in and enter through the gates, and he will be present with you. Not just present with you, he will reign with you, because he is the law, and love always wins, and that's why we have the Sabbath, and that's why it's ongoing, and that's why we're continually called to this, because if we forget, we will be decimated. We will be destroyed. And this is where we pray, St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us.
because that's the reality of what's going on and that's why we come here to celebrate that Sabbath so that the gates might be open so that the, the king, the Messiah might enter and he might reign for us. Keep holy the Sabbath. Keep this day holy. That's why we're in mass on Sundays together because there's nothing more of paramount importance than that. Now, I've just kind of did a play on words here about keeping holy the Sabbath. How about this? Did we ever read this in scriptures? Keep holy the soccer game. Keep holy volleyball. Keep holy shopping. Keep holy working. Keep holy laziness. Keep holy indifference. Keep holy, well, this is my day because it's my only day off. Sorry, brothers and sisters, there's no days off with God. There's no time off with God. There's no second off with God. And God does this not to penalize us, but to bring us in, to draw us in. We read about in the second reading today, we read about religion. You know what religion means? It means to bind yourself absolutely to something, to bind, to say, you know, this is what we do. I bind myself to the Sabbath because I wanna to go to heaven and that's more important than any other good on this earth. I bind myself to the Lord because what he says goes. Because I don't make God. <laughs> I don't direct God. God makes me and God directs me. And it also means the recognition and allegiance to a higher power that is unseen. And that's what we're doing this day, coming before our Lord to be, to be blessed in his life. Are you the landlord? Or are you the tenant of your existence? And I'm not just talking about keep holy the Sabbath. Yes, that's very much true. What about your words? What about your, your, where you're going on the computer? What about your work? What about your relationships? What about your unforgiveness? Whatever that might be. What about your questions? What about your growth in, in the faith? To come before the Lord and to listen, like St. James said, to humbly let the word of God that has come to save you take root in your heart. And that's the gift that we have this day as we're praying together in this church. But things with the law, it's love, hate, and it become pretty ambiguous. And what does ambiguous mean? It means unclear because the choice between embracing or throwing away has not been made. We become ambiguous, whatever that might be. The choice between embracing the Sabbath or throwing away, I'm ambiguous unclear. Guess what, fellow Christians? God has not created us to be clueless. He has created us to know, to be clear about who he is, what he's doing, and then to share that with others, to share that clarity and that peace that he's given us, to share that fun, to share that flourishing. If we really know who Christ would, our whole life would be a festival sharing that with all of those people we meet all the day long. You, my brothers and sisters, and me and us, you are not the owner. You're not the owner of your body. You're not the owner of anything that you are. You are owned. You're owned by Jesus Christ. You belong to him. There is one life. There is one life in heaven. There is one life now that's real. And his name is Jesus. One life. 
Jesus Christ. And we come to keep that ongoing going, to be in line, to be with him. We are the owned. But we've been owned by others who are not God. That be people or the evil one. That makes us reticent to be owned. But the question is, will I trust? Will I trust in the lawgiver to be owned by him so that I am in complete allegiance and alignment with him, conform to him? Or will I throw that away and live in the hellish chaos of a life without God?